yeah. And welcome to another episode of the Thick It Thin Podcast. As always, it's me, Anthony Cardoza. Today, we have a surprise guest. She's also special, but it's it's more of a surprise. <laughs> Please welcome my good friend, Anki. Hey guys, how's it going out there? Woo, Anki. So we haven't even caught up really when you came and we just started podcasting. And I wanted this to be very organic and natural as most of my works of art are. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how's, the, how's everything going? How are you dealing with COVID? Uh, COVID's not a problem mm-hmm. uh, for the most part as a uh, pretty much self-celebrated introvert. Mm-hmm. I'm loving COVID. I, I don't have to see people. I'm home for the <laughs> most part. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't been a problem. But 2020 overall has kind of sucked. I think uh, what really has, too, it's like COVID. And then, like, when the fires are going on, then we had an earthquake. I yeah. literally was like, what happens if this is the apocalypse? And all the movies. <laughs> like, it I, might be. It might be. The I, year's not over. Yeah, I had an hour thought. That was, like, a serious thought. I was like, what would I have to do to survive? I have this. <laughs> Don't worry. I went on Amazon. I was looking for, like food that can last forever bins of just like dehydrated vegetables a mating pair of gerbils yeah (laughs) i don't really need fresh meat fresh meat (laughs) i got dogs no i'm just kidding (laughs) oh god uh how are the dogs they're good they're good uh when they're not biting my finger off i had an issue Actually, early on in the year, mm-hmm. they got into a massive fight. Oh. My dumbass was just like mentally not there. Yeah. Try to break it up. And of course, like my girl dog just like bit at my finger mm-hmm. and I was just like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Same thing. I, I We did an episode probably like four weeks ago. Yeah. It was called Dog Fight. And it was just on the past um, few few incidents with my dogs. And the last one they got into was so bad that I actually had to get in the middle of it. Yeah. Which you're not supposed to do. Yeah. You know, you try to break them up any other way. But I and I knew I was going to get bit, but I was like, well, here it is. I got in the middle. My fucking finger got bit through. I got uh, my jeans. I was wearing thick jeans. Yeah. So I had, um, it was, I had like little punctures, but it was just deep bruises from the bites. Like they didn't oh, penetrate. So it was like multiple. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got fucked up. Oh, I was on the <laughs> ground rolling around with them and I ended up choking out Didi. Like I put oh, her in the no. rear naked and just. <laughs> <laughs> see so, my my wasn't i mean mine wasn't that bad it was just like one bite and like she instantly knew, they instantly she, was knew what she was doing yeah yeah uh-huh. she was like she was trying to go after her brother their siblings mm-hmm. uh you know typical sibling fights mm-hmm. and uh so i biting I did, each other yeah yeah it's totally <laughs> normal it was just like my dumb ass was just like worried about some other stuff and i just like stupidly stuck my hand in there and it was like right when covid first began mm-hmm. so i get my finger like literally it's just like hanging by a thread i can that see the bad? bone yeah let me see does he have a scar or what's going on i do i mean it healed up pretty well oh i can see right here yeah it's like a puncture yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. my problem was like it was right when covid started and it was like the local hospital was like the first place with like local cases of covid i was just like where the fuck do i go right now so i ended up going there and they're just like hey welcome to our emergency room you're not <laughs> supposed to be here but hey yeah. <laughs> welcome uh so i got a few stitches that was fun mm. um stitches yeah. on your finger really suck too yeah dude she she was like injecting me with just like the shots for like numbing it up and mm-hmm. she's like i fully expected to cry because all grown men do mm-hmm. of course i didn't because you know <laughs> that big old wang yeah no, yeah yeah <laughs> big dick energy over here um i could take it <laughs> so she gave me like three shots stitches. so and you're you're living in um montrose La Crescenta. which is also very Armenian-ish, by the way. Now it is. Now it is. Now it wasn't it is. always. Now, growing up, I mean, in La Crescenta, we had like six Armenians in my oh. elementary school. That's like a recent trend. Like the last like 10, 15 years, we kind of took over mm-hmm. Glendale as well. But yeah, back in the day, it was like very much 
a very white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad actually moved out to Glendale like when he was like 18, 19, around then. And it was predominantly white, mm-hmm. very little Armenians. My mom, I think I've told you this story before. She actually, when she was 18, she moved to Huntsville, Alabama, out of all places in the U.S. Oh, my God. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make any sense. But, yeah, there she was. Well, how do you how do you know? Now Glendale has more Armenians than they do in Armenia, right? Yeah, actually, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday. I was like, maybe we just need to create a new Armenia here in Glendale. I mean, we essentially do. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, like, basically, we, we can start a separatist movement yeah. and just create our own Armenia. Well, it just goes to show you the size of Armenia. It's very small. Um, Super small. It's very small. And, you know, it's weird, too. And we'll, we'll get into the whole um, the the conflict that's going on over there. We're going to talk about that stuff, too. Uh, before once we get past all these dick jokes and stuff yeah um Priorities. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's it called uh it, you know if you go somewhere else because i grew up you know in the area so i've always known armenians yeah. and that was never a, a, a culture i never understood or never seen but if you go to texas or something they're like what's an armenian that's not even Armenian. like what's a armenian you yeah know? yeah they just, just like, don't know it's they, it's really wild yeah but i just was so used to it, that it you don't even think it's that the way. norm here it's the norm here yeah. it's the norm mm-hmm. here yeah yeah um so you still working, right? I am definitely still working. Anki's a lawyer. She's helped me on many uh, um, this is criminal not an cases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't contact me, please. <laughs> what, what kind of law, law are you working on right now? Uh, currently, I do primarily insurance defense, so basically civil litigation. Okay. Um, basically, when your ass gets sued by somebody else for like an accident or things along those lines, I defend you, mm. so hopefully you don't have to pay or <laughs> doesn't come out of your pocket and sticks to your policy. Um, you used to do a lot of public entity law representing, you know, government agencies and entities and stuff like that, too. Um, used to do a little bit of employment law. Used to do dependency court, which was pretty wild for a little bit, uh, which is basically what happens after Child Protective Services kind of gets involved. Oh, man. And detaining kids. That was pretty ugly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's such a, like a dark part of society and a law law too like. yeah it's it's a it's like it's little niche um best way i describe it is like if family law and criminal law had a really really ugly just ugly baby that's mm-hmm. dependency court redhead yeah. no i'm just kidding <laughs> i love redheads <laughs> you know. um what's it called uh you know it's 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 so fucked up to see because i you know obviously being in like program dealing with addicts and stuff like that you yeah. hear about people losing their kids yeah and some of them you're like how does this bitch have kids it's you know and then there's the opposite where it's like they get their kids taken away and she's just like living her life yeah just nothing too crazy and it's so wild yeah. and it's like you have to go through those legal hoops and there's a lot of obviously you know we have a great system but it's got flaws in it i don't know if we have a great system i mean we have a system we have a system which a lot of places don't, don't. There you go. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's pretty messed up you see i mean there's a lot of prevalent problems especially here in southern california domestic violence of course drug use and it's just like it's really sad i mean you look and then you're just like this is why some people should not have kids like yeah. you know and mm-hmm. you're just like some people have like eight nine kids and they've already lost like all of them or most of them to the system and they're still procreating and i'm just like what are you doing it's so crazy yeah i mean fuck yeah and it's such an ugly thing too to see you know what happens to these people sometimes they do have good families and they get taken away in the places that they get put in the kind of abuse and trauma that they have to go through and yeah and there is i mean there's definitely a correlation i think with kids who get caught up in dependency or are taken away from their families and then soon thereafter you know because they're not 
appropriately taking care of i'm not saying all foster care parents or families are bad there's definitely good ones but sometimes kids just get lost in the system and unfortunately that's why a lot of them end up getting involved in other issues or drug use early Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they go from being a kid in dependency court you know where they can get services or help um, and then they end up in juvie a lot of times and so unfortunately you see a lot of kids who had suffered either you know, some kind of sexual molestation, harassment, or, you know, just had issues with a parent who was an addict. Um, And then they kind of get caught up in the same things. Um, Or oftentimes, too, like you have kids that join gangs, they're like 10, 11 years old, and that's all they know. And then all of a sudden, they're stuck in the system in juvie. Um, It's just sometimes there's like a vicious cycle that gets created. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I was talking about this in a, a, a meeting I was at where you know, it's so interesting as people where we'll see a sign, right? And they'll say, don't go down this way. Rocks are going to fall and they'll kill you. We'll be like, yeah. fuck that. We're not going to do it. Yeah. But then you see people that whose parents are addicts and it's like, don't. That's your glaring sign. Yeah. Right? Don't yeah, use. Yeah, yeah. Don't use because that's going to happen. You're going to be fucking yeah. nuts. They're going to take away your kids and your yeah. life's going to be ruined. And they still do it because it's just that part of the psyche we don't heed. You know? Yeah. It's so you bizarre. Just, you just kind of get trapped in it. It's yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. It's super yeah. scary to see. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of times I know for, for me, it's constant work on fighting my instincts which is to fuck up my life yeah <laughs> go it's down like that sabotage <laughs> yeah yes. it's so and i have to do daily work on that yeah. and it's it's not something that i i it's try to easy. do yeah it's not I, easy it's definitely not but i mean working with that kind of stuff i could see what an emotional and taxing toll unless you're a piece of shit it could take on a person right yeah, I mean, it definitely did. I, I left it a couple months in because I was just like, this is too much, man. Like, I got my yeah. own problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to deal <laughs> yeah. with the shit all yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a lot of times there is, like, it's easy if people can make that disconnect. You see on, like, a movie where the, the cop is standing over a body, you know, that's been shot through the face and he's eating a sandwich. Like, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just another day. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, you don't want to become that. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Not Maybe yet. in a few years. Yeah, know. yeah. So... The kind of law you're practicing now, is this something you're going to stick with or are you just kind of... I think for the most part right now, I'm kind of taking things as they go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could see myself doing law forever. Well, it's good that yeah. it's a... It's right now, it's especially with everything that's going on, like people are going to always break the law and fuck up and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't always, always have a job. There's always a job waiting yeah. for me. Yeah. I remember you had your flashcards and you would help, I helped you study a couple times. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> that was probably the worst. Uh, what not to do in studying for the bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I used to come with like a six pack of beer on my flashcards and be like, I know you can't say half the words or the theories, but hey, how dare you ask me about it. <laughs> I'll I'm figure all it out. Ag- 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 you know, against the law. <laughs> <laughs> it worked though. I passed. So yeah, hey. There you go. Hey. Mm. No, that was fun times. Definitely. So I was going to ask you. Yeah. You want to, so Anki, uh, for those of you guys that aren't familiar, she was one of my first students when I first started teaching at M3. Ah, uh, yes, your protege. Protege, <laughs> and um, you fought, how many times, how many fights did you have? I think technically three. Three? And you had one Very draw? short-lived record. <laughs> <laughs> and you had one Still draw? Still undefeated. Woo! <laughs> yeah, did you have a draw? I never had a draw, no. Never had a draw, okay, I'm thinking of somebody else, but um, yeah. Already forgot what, about what your was, protege. What was sort of, no, 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 it's, you know, just, um. I was I was trying to think of of one one fight in, in particular, but anyway, what got you started in into Muay Thai? What was sort of your draw to it? And just tell us a little bit about that, like getting into martial arts and in, period. Actually, I as a child always wanted to get into some form of fighting. Um, to be honest, I had asked my dad a hundred times as a kid to do boxing. Me too. Um, he Best. was a boxer. Yeah. In Iran, um, so he actually fought. Um, 
And so as a kid growing up, my dad was just like, no, don't do it. Like, Armenian mentality of you're going to break your nose and no one's going to buy you or marry you. <laughs> That's what my dad said. you. <laughs> <laughs> Talking dowry days here. Dowry days, uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so he's always joking. He's just like, no, don't do it. You're going to break your nose. You're never going to get married. Oddly enough, I did break my nose plenty of times. Still mm. not married. So I guess <laughs> kind of made sense. Uh, no, but like, so I always had an interest in it. I was always super competitive growing up, played sports, soccer, basketball. Um, so finally, when I was old enough to pay for training myself, um, I think I was in my first year of law school and I just needed an outlet and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up. I'm going to train. At that time, Ronda Rousey, I think was just starting out and I was like, should I join Glendale Fight Club where all my Armenian brothers and sisters are? <laughs> and I think the first time I called them there, like, they weren't really training women. So I was like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> Let me call somewhere else. And then, um, N3 was actually super close. And then I think when I first started out, I was really gung ho about trying MMA. So I think, I think you remember this. I started off mainly doing like jujitsu when I mm -hmm. first started out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then that's when I think I was too scared to even try stand up at that point for whatever reason. I was like, I'm is a klutz. It, do you feel like it got kind of daunting once you get into it and you see it's not just, um, like you're just like street fighting. It's more of like intricate or was it just sort of, yeah, I was like, it requires balance. I yeah. have no balance. Uh -huh. That's an issue. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, so I think when we, uh, it took me a few months before I ever took a class with you. I think you, I remember specifically you, you, it was Christmas time. And I had seen you train because you were there all the time. And they did some promo video for us where they're advertising the gym. And, and you were talking about your benefits you got from it. Remember that? Yeah. Because I, I, I think at that time, too, I, I was doing some tournaments for, like, jujitsu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I had done something stupid like that. Ugh, you like said, yeah, you did that. So I knew who you were. And then you said something like, all I want for Christmas is a stand-up game. Yeah. That's what you said. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, okay, we'll Sounds come train right. and I'll work with you. Yeah. And then you started taking class and we started working together. And that was at very early stages of that gym too. Like they were developing. Oh, definitely. I think like it was when we first started out with one owner and the gym setup was kind of funky, if you mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. Um. So we started off. Yeah. And I think you were very adamant about just like getting me to do it. Like you were yeah. just like, you got this, like we'll work on it. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's kind of how we began. And I think at that time we had a really good group or niche of yeah. trainers mm -hmm. like basically people training and some fighters mm -hmm. um we had a fellow uh person who eventually became a coach too without mm -hmm. referring to names yeah i'm like uh so he was great to work with too he's in witness protection now <laughs> <laughs> for things that cannot be disclosed yeah yes. <laughs> um no it was really cool because i you know, I w obviously I wanted to get students in there and stuff like that, but I could, it was the first time I had a small group of people that wanted to learn from me. I had spent so much time learning the wrong way where I kind of knew the right way and I wanted to, to show that to people. Yeah. And it was like my first gym, I was getting paid well, so I wanted to, to have these guys perform. But we always sort of had issues with the owners and, you know, not really giving us our respected times. And then they would get two different trainers from different styles that would like beef it with each other. Like that other trainer used to always talk shit yeah, about Muay Thai. Like and Tuesday, was, Thursday groups did a mesh wall with like Monday. With and they can't <laughs> fucking <laughs> like do that. And, and I remember the, I walked in on an early jiu-jitsu class and he's like talking to the kids and he's like, do we want to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, do you want to learn Muay Thai and just get hit in the face? And I'm like, no. And I was like, how is this building your gym? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> but whatever. You, you know, do everything, kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you know, it was it was a it was a cool spot. That I, I was really grateful for the bosses we had, and 
we had such a small group, but we always had to constantly battle with owners and spots because they always wanted to make it like a huge jiu-jitsu gym or a huge judo gym or yeah. a huge it's like our muay thai program was legit as fuck yeah because once we went to texas we, we've me and aki we've traveled to different parts of um texas and we've trained with some legit fucking people also the worst sunburn of my life was that in texas yeah <laughs> gavelson texas right is that, we yeah is they had it? we went yeah. with steaks on jinjira johnsonong um crumpet uh, Kong Nepal, like some of the just the great yeah. uh, Nung Siam, like some of the greatest legends of the sport, and we were just at their house chilling with them. Yeah, we're drinking and we're gambling and we're shadow boxing, back boxing on the beach. Okay, I was and Daniel DD, gets bit by a crab. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you were what? I was a DD because I had to drive our asses from like Plano, Texas, out to. Oh, Houston. that was cool. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's when I was drinking like heavy, heavy but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't out of control yet. I was just a drunk asshole, but I wasn't. Uh, a complete drunk asshole. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was building my powers at uh, that point. I should have saw the red flags. But yeah, but whatever. we just—I woke. I would wake up and drink, you know, and then like take a shower, go train, come back, drink, and then the people we were hanging out with too. They kind of did the same thing. And the ties—they fucking party. Yeah, it was all a day scary. long. Yeah, remember? Uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say his name, but he would go in the room and they would like just get fucking plastered, and then come out and teach us something. And they would just my reek main, like brandy. <laughs> my main job when I was in training was to drive everyone to the liquor store to buy Crown <laughs> Royal. Like that was like the one thing. Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh, it's 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 close. And it's yeah. ten miles away because it's a Texas mile, which is very different." You know, <laughs> I'd be all for miles, just like, "Where the fuck am I right now in Texas?" <laughs> right, but we got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, and then when we came back, oh, and Crew Bob Perez, we met him. Oh, and yeah, Michael Crew Great. Yeah, yeah, and when yeah. we came back to Cali, whatever they would stop by for the UFC fights or whatever, they would come by the gym and do seminars and stuff like that. So we had legit people in this yeah. tiny gym, and they just never saw that the value. No one's ever heard of, like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, "Who's that?" I'm like, ah, "Like, fucking, you're an owner, and you don't fucking see this." Google like, it, man. Yeah, and yeah. they would they'd come over. We we wouldn't pay them much, yeah. you know. They would be like, "Just come hang out with us after." Well, that was the cool part about the community was just like. As long as they were cool with you, they liked you, they yeah. were always down to come by and drop some knowledge and then go party after. And yeah, that was come eat with mentality. me, let's go party after <laughs> yeah. it and we'll do it. And yeah. it was it was awesome, you know. And Crew Bob, when he came down, um, he's a Black Beast coach. He would take us out and we saw he got us tickets to see Ronda Rousey and Cat uh, Zingano fight. And we went to that and just just cool stuff like that. But, you know, these owners, it was just, it was crazy. But sometimes we had probably 15, 20 students um, that were legit active. And ha- more than half of them were fighters. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They would do all kinds of competitions. We would travel. We would do it because we were like a little, a yeah, little like team. Yeah, like the percentage of people in that small group that were just act- actively fighters or actively training was pretty nuts. Yeah. So yeah. it was so we had yeah. such good training partners and, and would go to different gyms and we'd give them work. And, yeah. and we'd, you know, people would be like, who, who the fuck are these people? For? Where, what gym is this? M3, you know? Like, <laughs> small travel. And we'd M3 go and we'd fucking destroy people. <laughs> I remember Oscar and we had like such Andre. We had such good, good students, mm-hmm. you know? And loyal, you know, like even if they didn't fight like, you know, Michelle or, um, you know, people like that, that were, that were just good, good members of the team that would help and support and great training partners. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it it just was such a bummer. But, um, what was sort of, uh, what benefits did you really get out of training Muay Thai? Because obviously you you don't fight anymore. Your last one was a big show at, um, Hollywood park. I think that was the last show they did there before they shut down. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe Uh, they had one after or something like that, but it was towards the end. You fought Siobhan. Right? Yeah, I shattered my big toe and figured that out like two <laughs> months later. I was like, oh, fuck. It's all pointing down. <laughs> I was like, the sausage isn't going down. What's going on, man? Uh, well, honestly, you know, training for me was just a big part of my life at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
obviously you got the physical benefits i was probably in the best shape of my life ever at that time had like almost a six pack i was like yes yeah uh Mm -hmm. no but like beyond that it was just like it was great stress relief um to be honest with you at that point i think like everyone in our group was essentially each other's best friends very close tight group uh so we weren't training together we're all hanging out together so that was a huge benefit too was just having a close community of friends or Mm. people to rely on inside and outside of the gym i mean you know if anything ever happened i could call you up or vice versa and we're all there for one another um so i think those are the huge parts and obviously the ties with just different people Mm -hmm. you know out of state around the country outside of the country you know you build these crazy relationships um that you normally wouldn't uh though i did have to delete my facebook at one point because all of a sudden there was like all those rooster fighting videos (laughs) getting posted on the page i was like i don't know if i could support this guys uh let's take the shit off uh but yeah i mean that was the best part was like obviously physical benefits being in great shape just being able to move and be active and not afraid to throw a fucking punch if i have to Mm -hmm. uh but then never i like you know as a kid you think about that concept of like being out on the streets and like a fight breaking out for no reason right and just being able to kick someone's ass Mm -hmm. never happened yeah but you're ready that was a dream that was a dream that was a dream you know what's so funny about that i'm gonna just go off to a little spiel if you don't mind um when i was in thailand the last time so cockfighting is a big big thing out there right yeah and they're the thing that's crazy about it is um these roosters, they have better lives than a lot of the Thai people <laughs> because, like, a village will have a rooster. That's their champion. Yeah. And they feed him well, and he's fucking groomed, and he's well taken care of, and he's just, like, the pride and joy of that. that you know, that when he brings, town or you know, that When village. he wins and he fights, he feeds the whole town. Yeah. Like, legit. You yeah. know, they get the money, and they, they put it back into the, the resources and stuff. So, for them, it's a way of life, and it's yeah. a way of survival. Yeah. So, obviously, as Americans, we're like, oh, you know, cage-free and don't fucking... I get it, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm totally in support of that, but at the same point, you got to understand this is a different country, a third world country, so before you start jumping at it, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, I was just like, I'm not going to get involved. Yeah, like, and, and you know, it's so funny, because if you go to Thailand, there's a, uh, there's cockfighting on TV, Yeah. so I go afterwards, and I'm at, um, we go to dinner with some of the people that were from the camp, and uh, this this British guy's there, and he's talking about, yeah, it's really, I don't even know how to do British accent, but... <laughs> Like what is that Jamaican? <laughs> he was talking about the, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah man, watching the cock fights, <laughs> brother. Oh, no. And he's talking about the cock fights, and the way he says it is, you know, I was watching these cocks fight. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it's really it's bizarre when these cocks start going at it. <laughs> and you're just like getting a whole new type of visual in your head. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm just, and I'm dying laughing. And he's like, you know, and then sometimes the cock will get tired and go down, and the trainer comes out and massages the cock, and the cock gets back up. I mean, he's not wrong. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's usually what happens when the cock gets tired. You just give it a rub down and it pops back up. And this guy didn't get it, so everybody at the table was dying laughing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he's like, I'm just talking about cocks. <laughs> he's like, the cock was very badly beaten, and the cock still managed. <laughs> just, I was dying. Uh, third grade humor. A little uh, bit. It was so. But everybody at the table, they were from different countries. They all got it. They were dying, but it's he didn't global. get it. Cock jokes are global. Yeah, hey, man. It was just hilarious that he was like, yeah. when the cock gets tired, he goes to the corner, and the trainer massages <laughs> and it gets back up. I was like, yeah, it does. <laughs> I guess. Usually that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but I just totally fucking remember that, and I was trying to write a bit on it, but it didn't work. But it was just when you when I was there, I couldn't stop laughing. I you need fr- animation, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> call some animators, get some cartoons drawn. Right, make um, it happen. So, uh, what what's going on? Or well, I don't want to make you like the ambassador of it, but Anki, one thing I really appreciated 
was when the whole Armenian thing came out, I didn't really know what was going on, right? As I most, think a lot of people did. Yeah, it. And, yeah. It, and I can't. I'm going to give people the benefit of, doubt, benefit of the doubt because COVID's going on. There's fucking fires. All hell's breaking loose here. And then you it's hear. It's a perfect storm. Yeah. yeah really. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you hear about this trouble in Armenia and the struggles that are going on there. And I see people posting it. And as, you know, me being a normal guy, I'm kind of just overwhelmed by everything else that's going around me. Yeah. So I get caught up in that. I'm not paying attention. And then you called me and you started explaining what was going on. Because you're like, do you have. A, it was literally like a fucking. Uh, um. Uh, make a way or not, not like you're like a donation person like hey do you have a moment to talk about settling <laughs> <laughs> in Armenia and I was like sure you know so I listened and I was actually listening because I was like if she's going through the trouble you know being a lawyer uh, being an introvert and uh, semi weird <laughs> she, yeah, <laughs> she, she's gonna make the effort to call me and to try yeah. to explain to me what's going on and obviously she must care about this cause so I was very vigilant listening to it and I asked Anki to explain kind of it in, in layman's terms because I was a little bit lost even though I was paying attention. So if you want to just give us a little bit of info on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been a weird year. Like I said, it's um, it was kind of a perfect storm. You know, obviously Armenia is a very small country. A lot of people don't even know where it is on a map. Uh, it's very much, you know, it's above Iran. You got turkey to the left you got azerbaijan to the right mm -hmm. you got it, it's just you know former soviet union countries um that are relatively you know historically wise have been around forever you know armenia is one of the oldest civilizations out there and yet a lot of people don't know about it just because the country's so small and so what happened earlier um uh, in September, on September 27th, you know, after a few months of some minor skirmishes that occurred, uh, basically, we have a region known as Artsakh. Those of you who have been in Glendale, there's actually a street called Artsakh in recognition mm -hmm. of that. Um, and essentially, this whole region is known worldwide as Nagorno-Karabakh, okay? Um, so it's a weird issue where basically after the fall of the Soviet Union, despite the fact that this area was predominantly ethnic Armenians um, and they had tried to basically move on and proceed with the right to self-determination to be recognized either as part of Armenia or as its own country, um, basically uh, at that time Stalin back in the day uh, had given this land to Azerbaijan. Okay, because at that time, it was kind of the concept of divide and conquer. So I'll give some of this person or this country's land to another country just to fuck them all up. Um, so essentially, there's this land, again, recognized worldwide as part of Azerbaijan, but essentially ethnic Armenians so living there. Azerbaijan. I never yeah. even fucking said that out yeah. loud. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. what kind of people live in... What the best way for me to describe it is Azerbaijan, if you look back historically, has not been around long. Um, okay. The best way for me to describe it is they're kind of like butt buddies with Turkey. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay. It's like... And then Turkey is obviously responsible for the Armenian genocide. Correct, which um, they still vehemently deny, mm -hmm. which is another reason. So basically what happens is, you know, Turkey and... Azerbaijan are essentially two nations, one cause, you know, it's like the little brother. You got Erdogan, the new Hitler, and then you got Aliyev, which is like Borat's uncle. And they're basically just working together to try to create a new world of pan-Turkeyism, which is super scary. 
Um, and basically the main thing that kind of stands in the way of that is Armenia. Um, so basically, you know, you got a bunch of dictators, you got Erdogan, you got Aliyev, you got Putin in Russia. And a lot of people don't know about this, but Armenia about like two, over two years ago had what's known as the Velvet Revolution. Basically, we had a bunch of corrupt leaders and the people stood up and protested for them to step down and to move on with the truly democratic process of electing their leader. And so two years ago, we were on the cusp of just having one of the most peaceful protests in the world known in history. Um, and so, you know, we've been trying to aim and go towards a more democratic country, like truly democratic. But the problem is, to have a democracy when everyone surrounding you is a dictatorship, that's an issue, okay? Because other people see democracy, unfortunately, in that region as a threat. This area, the caucus, is now, there's so much cock talk here, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, has become essentially the new Middle East. Um, it's like a power grab for uh, different countries to try to assert themselves, whether it's Russia or um, Turkey. So, what basically happened was, you know, the capital of Artsakh ended up just getting shelled on September 27th, prompting what became a war. You know, I think what most likely a lot of people don't understand is that the entire narrative of the media right now is basically this is a two-sided war. This is a war that everyone is engaging in. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, it, it was truly, and there's a lot of evidence to support it if you go out there and research it, that basically this war was premeditated. And according to Azerbaijan, you know, they probably thought this was going to be a four or five day war and they were going to get all this land. I, I will say our soldiers who are not really trained who were just put together, a lot of volunteers, were going up against, you know, 10 million from Azerbaijan, another 80 million from Turkey, plus Syrian mercenaries and jihadists that were going out and fighting a war for a country that they're not citizens of. And so these Armenian and Artsakh soldiers were dealing with just this crazy crisis of trying to fight this battle. And to be honest with you, the world has been silent and not stepping up to try to stop it. Um, the other issue on so, this one... Okay, yeah. real quick. Uh, sorry. Uh, it's a lot. No, it's <laughs> a lot. And I just want to say, so all these different people... and I like I love that because it reminds me of that old... Uh, I'm not sure who says it, but it's like, I'd rather f I'd rather fight 100 trained soldiers than one farmer defending his land. Like, you know... And, and that's what we basically had. That's what's going had. on. Right. So, so what happens... So basically all these different people are coming together to try to, do they want to just wipe out the army and kill all these people? And there's not a lot of people in well, Armenia too. Here, it's very small. So. I mean, we're, it's such a, it's such a complex issue because essentially you have the genocide that happened back in 1915. Mm -hmm. You have this rhetoric that's been continued forever of just denying that a genocide ever occurred, even though the genocide of the Armenians is what prompted the use of the term genocide. Okay. So the issue is you have a group of maniacs who have denied the existence of a genocide and now are basically perpetrating acts to commit another genocide. You know, we have a bunch of refugees now, essentially, who have had to leave their homeland. You know, we've had to give up lands once again. Um, and it's, the crazy part about it is just the amount of threats 
people have been receiving, not just in Armenia, like U.S. citizens on a daily getting threats like, you know, we should have fucked and raped your mothers and your grandmothers a hundred times harder just to kill you guys back that. Like crazy things, just threats left and right. And so I don't think it's just a territorial dispute, which they are trying to spin it's it as. It's embedded hate. It's just, it, it's, you see videos of kids in Azerbaijan being treated or taught early on your enemy are Armenians kill Armenians like they're horrible people like that's the propaganda that they receive and Turkey and Azerbaijan just don't have free speech they don't have you know journalists that actually are there to seek the truth these are all government run mm -hmm. you know they have one of the highest rates of incarceration for journalists this is not a place where you can get the truth and so it's like a propaganda filled rhetoric that's taught to these people their kids their students at a very young age and like even with the genocide they're taught that armenians committed genocide against their people you know there's a lot of conflict without i mean i would be here for days trying to explain this whole situation right, right. but mm -hmm. there is definitely a rhetoric of just hate for armenians you know and so i think the problem for armenians are to some extent we're a very peace-loving hospitable group of people and we got caught up in this war. And the other issue with this war was this is the first time we've seen warfare like this. Um, it was a war fought predominantly. I mean, of course, there's like shelling and all that. But like we had attacks with chemicals, with phosphorus attacks mm. in our land. Our soldiers are still dealing with chemical burns that, you know, doctors have never seen before used in war. You know, these are war crimes being committed. Yeah, I was about to say that's going yeah. against the Geneva Conventions. Like, yeah, so you can't, you're not supposed to be doing that shit anymore. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the other part of it was drone warfare. I mean, we were dealing with like Soviet area, you know, era equipment and tanks and stuff trying to shoot at fucking drones. I'm sorry, that's not going to work out very well. Yeah. Um, and that was the other problem too was, you know, Azerbaijan had been prepping for this for a long time uh, with the backing of Turkey. Uh, you know, they were getting a lot of drones actually from Israel and that, that prompted a lot of concern too, is, you know, to our Jewish brothers and sisters who had dealt with the Holocaust, you know, essentially you're helping perpetrate or, you know, I'm not saying Jewish people, but I'm saying Israel as a country was supporting and providing drones to these two countries. And those are being used to commit war crimes against Armenia. Um, and that was very alarming. I know a lot of uh, members of the Jewish community were speaking out against their government and Israel's calling for action and saying, what are you guys doing? Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it, it is really hard to see and it's really hard to kind of deal with. We're still dealing with it. Um, we recently had a weird ceasefire that was entered into for the region um, that Russia helped prompt. But uh, if you know anything about this dispute, there was a group that was set up when Armenia won the war in the early 90s. Um, so Armenia won a war back in the 90s, essentially f to occupy and, you know, remain in that land, which they have done for the last 30-something years. Um, and so there was a Minsk group, which incorporated Russia, France, and the U.S. as members to basically uphold ceasefires and continue negotiations. But with this ceasefire, it was essentially just Russia running the show. Um, and so basically what happened was we entered into the ceasefire. Um, Russian peacekeepers enter the land. Uh, they're supposed to keep the peace, which is just like a wild concept to think about. Um, and now Azerbaijanis are 
returning to some portions of land that they claim they occupied, but it doesn't stop here because already the ceasefire was violated a day or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, I think Azerbaijan and Turkey are using this as an effort to gain more and more uh, land in the disputed region, as well as to try to make gains in Armenia proper, Mm -hmm. which is pretty wild. So what can we do? Is there anything that people here can do? Or is it just about like, what's something that for the average person that's, that's hearing this, what's something they could do to support or help or... I mean, the main thing is become educated about it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of like social media narrative. I mean, we're dealing with troll like bot issues where mm-hmm. it's become a social media war too, um, where people are just spreading misinformation. So part of it is just truly get informed, do the research, find out what the region, what the dispute is about. Um, and once you become educated and comfortable about talking about it, uh, there's different avenues. Uh, the Armenian National Committee, ANCA.org, is a great resource for people to go on and also provides many avenues for people to reach out to their congressman, to our president, and asking for a call for action, including sanctions against Turkey and Azerbaijan um, for their war crimes. Um, you know, another avenue as well is donating to the cause. There's the Armenia Fund that you can reach out to and donate, and I appreciate that so Mm -hmm. much. And there's been a lot of my friends, non-Armenian friends, who have stepped up and donated and tried to help in whatever means they can. There is a multitude of different organizations, and I can send you some too if you want to post about it, um, where you you can donate to different avenues. There's a lot of groups that are trying to support families, especially families of uh, soldiers that have been killed, because unfortunately... There are a lot of young men who were killed or, you know, unfortunately have lost limbs and are never going to be able to work again or support their families. Yeah, and th- this is a war. Like, make no mistake about it. People are dying. People are getting mutilated. There's there's families that are not going to have a father or there's people that are getting hit in friendly fire, misfires, all kinds of shit, innocent yeah. bystanders. People are dying. So, yeah. and I, and like, I was explaining this to Anki because I'd never consider myself too far left too far right and too far into this too far into that i think of myself as a pretty normal guy yeah and for me i kind of um and i i don't feel bad about it because it's just like what my nature is to be like i can't focus on everybody else's problems yeah but when she brought it to my attention and i got a little bit of information and i started seeing how i have so many fucking armenian friends you know and i started seeing how this is affecting them emotionally and how it's not just something where i'm like there's something i can do about it i made the effort and i'm doing it now And it's just like, you know, it's like she's saying, if you, you don't have to just go by what she's saying. And that's why she's been very, um, research it. Yeah. Like, she's saying, look it up and yeah. fig- and you'll figure out that, that they need help. And that that's what we're trying to do. Just spread a little bit of awareness guys. So, yeah. you know, uh, we understand how fucking hard this time is for everybody. You and know? let me, let me just give you guys an example for what your Armenian friends are going through right now. Armenians are in a unique situation where we honestly have just about as many Armenians outside of Armenia. Than we do in the actual country. Yeah, Glendale, like we said, Glendale, Glendale has more Ar- Armenians. You in, have Armenians mm-hmm. in France. You have <laughs> Armenians in Australia. You have Armenians in Canada. We're we're everywhere, and part of that is due to the genocide and just us having to seek refuge elsewhere. Um, so our diaspora is super active, and the issue is like a lot of your friends here are dealing with the crazy issue of you have this crazy pull and this crazy tie to your homeland. 
And yet you feel forced to remain here because your only way or your most important way of contributing is to remain here and donate and provide a source of income and money to help these people. Mm-hmm. But like you're in a crazy position where like I wake up every morning to a video of like a beheading. I wake up to a video of just Azerbaijani soldiers, you know, mutilating corpses and skinning people a lot. Like there, there's videos out there of their soldiers. They're like their top ranked officials literally beheading a poor old 80 year old villager Mm -hmm. who has nothing to do with the war, you know, or not returning our prisoners of war and instead keeping them and having parades in Baku celebrating the war, Mm. you know? And and I, I think it's for your Armenian friends, it's a really difficult time because it's hard to wake up every morning and see this and, be able to do other things and the thing is and i'm not saying this to belittle any obviously i'm native american huge genocide there um yeah. the jewish population you know with the holocaust and seeing that kind of stuff this is something that's happened in our time so we're seeing people that we're growing up with that are basically living a that kind of thing and they're seeing it firsthand they have yeah. families there they have friends there they have other lives and relatives and stuff like that that are there so to see this happening try to put yourself in that position where Oh, we're from America, but you know, you you took a trip to Mexico and you're living there for for a little bit to eat some yeah. tacos, and you you go back home and you see people in LA getting bombed and murdered and chemicals thrown. It's like it's fucking it's, it's unreal. Wild. Like yeah. I'm telling you, there's people here in the U.S. There's people here in California, friends and family that, like you said, have family that went to the front lines. There's volunteers from the U.S. that went out there yeah. to try to support, uh-huh. and these poor individuals are watching videos of soldiers getting tortured just to figure out if their relative is still alive Mm -hmm. that's how wild the concept is so you're watching hundreds of videos of just beheadings and torturing just to figure out hey is my cousin Arben or is my cousin Suren like are they still alive like that's the crazy part Mm mm-hmm so you guys got the information. Um, do do what you can. I mean, I, like I said, we we're both perfectly understanding of how fucked up this year is. <laughs> you know, we were talking about the apocalypse coming and and stuff like that. But in actuality, there is a lot of things that are going wrong, and there's something you can do about it. So that's all we're trying to just say right now. Yeah. Um. Let's uh before we before we close, let's this just is the holidays. Yeah, let's change this is the holidays. I said I was like, no. this is it's very good though. I'm glad you the way you said See. it. I think was perfect. I think it's a good way for people to understand that there's a lot of fucking, you know, um, your situation can always be worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just, and I am guilty of this to the bone. I wake up ungrateful. I wake up throwing a tantrum, a pity party for myself all the time. Nur- whether it's nurture or nature, I don't know. I just do that. Yeah. That's my instinct, yeah. you know, very self destructive and that sort of thing. So it takes a lot for me to get out of that. So I have to do a daily reprieve of being like, okay. You don't have it that bad. You're grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Hey, my dog's right here. Whatever. Yeah. But, you know, just to see that is like we have a lot here, guys, and it's important to to just be aware of that and be grateful for your situation and help others when you can because, fuck, man, if we're not doing that, what are we What are we around here for, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why does it matter if you're living your best life if everyone else is miserable? Yeah. It's fucking know. crazy. Yeah. Um. So what what are your plans for the holidays? We got we got Christmas coming up. Are you working right now? You have a little time off. What's going on? I'm working. Uh, finally working remotely for a little bit, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be working, but luckily trying to take all the like big deadlines I have off to try to like simmer down for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a unique situation um, be- due to the conflict. You know, no one's really full on celebrating Christmas right, this right. year. 
Um, and long story short, like my dad had passed. So, uh, we typically don't celebrate a lot of holidays during the first year of passing. So, I mean, the main thing is just trying to keep a light, have a niece and nephew Mm -hmm. that you know about. So, you know, putting up the tree for them, uh, just decorating, been home, Yeah, you know, you know, it's, um, shit, I was about to say something. Oh, you know what's crazy too about yeah. uh, a lot of this stuff too. I, I saw this thing, and I always love it. It's like one of my favorite World War II pictures. But I think it actually was during World War One. Sorry, there was uh, on the dead zone. You know, yeah. nobody ever crossed it unless it was Wonder Woman. But <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody crossed the dead zone in World War One. Right? It's yeah. twenty miles of just straight. If you go there, the other side's gonna sh- kill you. Nobody got an inch in that yeah. dead zone. And then on Christmas, they did a uh, ceasefire, and they had like a soccer game with the two sides, and it was just like. At the end of the day, they're just like, fuck, man, this is just, we're yeah. just people and we have to do what we got to do. It's fucking wild. But I love that picture. It's, um, I think it's like a German troop and like a, uh, a French or someone else and they're just playing fucking soccer. And, I gotta check know? it out. I don't know if I've ever seen Yeah, that. it's like one of my favorite yeah. pictures from, from that era though. It's so yeah. cool. Um, and you can see like all the barbed wire and it's just fucking like decimated area. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is my first year. Well, you what know, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't do anything for the holidays. I never have. Um, I really like Christmas. I enjoy the idea of it. Yeah. You know, I love the festivity of people coming home. It's kind of cold and everyone gets together by the fireplace in your tree. We live in California. Southern California. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) This past two days are the first Uh, days it's actually uh, been cold. You know what I mean? (laughs) Other than that, it's like I'm still in a tank top. I'm like, oh, it's a little chilly. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this year I'm going to go to my grandma's. I met my my dad's side of the family probably like 10 years ago, something like that. So. You know, my goddaughter lives with me now, and she's really like, I know you're not going to do anything, so you have to come with us. Yeah. And it, for me, like I said, it's funny because they're like, what are your plans? Like, oh, I'm just going to stay home and be sad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's not Watch crazy. Watch the Grinch, right? Yeah, to me, it's not yeah. crazy. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Just, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go out there for Christmas, and I think my buddy that's Noodles. good. Look at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, my socializing. Buddy, yeah, you got to get out there. You know, my buddy Noodles is coming to town, and oh, they do noodles. a very uh, Italian um, Christmas where it's a, a lot of pasta. <laughs> a lot of pasta and, and love Wine. with their cousins, you yeah. know. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, the usual Italian. <laughs> Tony, Tony. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is Michael. This is Tony. <laughs> this is Fredo. This, this is, is Michael. Antonia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching. I love Italian people, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. them. I love them. Uh, you know, it's so funny, too, because, you know, Noodles' family is fucking hardcore Italians. Are they? Yeah. They're, they're like from the fucking the motherland. You they're, can't tell from him, though. No, Nick is a product of, of <laughs> <laughs> Italian mothering. <He's laughs> My bad, Nick. Uh, He's going to get all mad at me. But it's funny because we have a friend who they just got married and they had this Italian guy. I put that in air quotes because he wasn't really Italian, but he was trying so hard to be Italian. Yeah. He's like, hey, forget about it. And I was just like, okay. And then he's like, we're like in a party bus going to the wedding. He's like, oh, you guys going this only music you got? Put something on. And I'm like, what do you, what do you want? He was already pissing me off. Yeah. You know, like he's trying too hard. Yeah. I was like, what would you want us to put on? He's like, how about some Sinatra? And I'm like, yeah, let's just fucking turn this party bus. <laughs> Put on Frank Sinatra. I was like, do you have to try so hard? I was getting so irritated. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was, did you guys put the Sinatra on? No, I just, no. we all eventually, no. I was just like, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. You know, and he's like, uh, I don't even want to get into it, but it's. But just, I'm sure that wedding was fun as hell though, right? Yeah. It was an Armenian wedding. Oh, there we go. Armenian Lebanese. So. Um, now that's a party. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. It was it was fun. And they did it in the hall in Glendale. And it was. Um, Which one? We got like a thousand of them. Which one? Yeah, they have a lot of uh, halls party. for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
What was I gonna say though? It's Your funny. Six hundred person wedding, yeah. When Nick, when Nick was down, or his cousin was down, and we're like hanging out, talking to some girls or something. I was talking about. He's like, uh, it was like my friend, whatever. But the guy's like. Uh, to a girl, <laughs> hey, nice tits. You use them for oh sex. God, <laughs> that's a starter. <laughs> the uh, girls still come, like, hey, what's up? Because <laughs> oh, no. he's Italian and handsome. <laughs> Slim tickets out there. And we went to know. like Raging Waters, and he would just what? Be, Who goes to Raging Waters? We were kids. We were kids. Oh we were kids. Yeah, and we were like, um, we're in the line, and he's very quiet, and just like shakes your hand, and then the second girls walk by, and say, hey, mommy, <laughs> just all of a sudden he speaks English. <laughs> Speaks, uh, speaks the universal language of love. Uh, apparently, <laughs> if it's working for him, hey, hell yeah! Um, <laughs> but it's cool. I love Christmas time, and then I was also I feel like everyone's off, so there's a lot of people. I mean, this year, a little different. We'll see, but people come in town that haven't been in town. And yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how that's all gonna play out with like everything going on right now because of COVID. It's True. like a weird, like I'm telling you, like it just feels weird. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone's really enforcing anything, but it also feels weird. Like, my neighbor is, like, looking at me as I'm outside without a mask on, like, judging me. And I'm just like, I'm outside. There's no one around yeah. me. Just calm down, and you like, know? Like I said, I, we, me and my goddaughter, we get tested for COVID. Yeah. If we're going to go around my grandma, we get tested beforehand. And then we yeah. don't leave the house. Just It's 24 hours now. It's pretty easy no. to do. And um, so we all got tested. We went over there. And the neighbors, like you said, they kind of look in and so I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And then yeah. it's like right on your neighbor. Like your neighbors, for me at least, I try to be a good neighbor. Yeah. I don't like a lot of my neighbors, but I, I still try to be like, oh, you know, I'll try to keep my dogs from being outside or <laughs> and eating you. <laughs> you know, yeah. like the noise from my V4 fucking Kia, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. I just try to apply because it's fuck you. Okay. You live yeah. with them forever. You yeah. know, so it's yeah. like you just try to be hospitable to them. And it's like, rat them out. Now you're going to have shit with this person, you know? It's a weird time. Yeah. Because I've had a, neighbors like, have you ever had yeah. neighbors like that? Where you like, I've don't get along with them? I've had some shit crazy neighbors. Yeah, where you fucking hate them. And it's like, you walk into your house and you just get a bad vibe. Like, you don't want yeah, that. Yeah, we got this one dude who just like, is constantly blowing the leaves outside. Like, I think he spends like three hours a day just blowing the leaves outside of his house onto everyone else's lawn. <laughs> and you just keep telling him, and like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, oh, nothing. I'm just blowing down the street. And you're just like, man, stop it. And then this one crazy guy who just like i didn't know he was my neighbor i guess he was new to the street um it was like four in the morning and i get it my dogs bark there's fucking coyotes there's there's fucking Mm -hmm. crazy you know people out on the streets nowadays like at three o'clock in the morning so my dogs bark Mm -hmm. and so this guy was just like fed up and just like comes to our front door and we have like the ring up and he's just like pounding the door and cussing us out and just like like who the fuck is this guy and then i find out it's my neighbor i'm like whoa Welcome to the Did you answer the door? No, dude. It was like four in the morning. I was like calling the cops. I was like, "Who the fuck is this asshole out here?" Uh, did somebody talk to him? You know, someone uh, eventually did, and then we mm. kind of went over and talked to him the next day. We we're like, "Yo, like, we'll try to get the dogs in and down, but you got to realize there's like coyotes and people like dogs." Yeah, why do we? That's why we have protectors. fucking dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. It's different. At, like, oh my, these neighbors right here—they have little yappers. Oh yeah. And at two in the morning. You know, but everything. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. And I was like, and I told the neighbor, I was like, I have dogs. I get it. My dogs yeah. suck too sometimes. But when it's like three in the morning and they're waking me up and I got to be up in an hour, I was like, can you just try? And he's just, at first he's like, no, no. And yeah. I was like, okay, I understand. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I'd really appreciate it. And then like the next day he actually did get a crate and started keeping them oh, that's good. back. And then he was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, thank you yeah. so much. I really appreciate it. You know, I was like, I know how much it sucks, but yeah, I had another neighbor that was like, your dogs bark during the day. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And whenever I'm home. My dogs are out. If I'm not home, my dogs are in. Yeah. So that way they don't bother the neighbors. And I'm still, and I'm just like, It's just weird. I don't know. Like for me, I've had a lot of longtime neighbors where like we've known each other like 
25, 30 years. And mm-hmm. Those are the chill ones. Those are the ones, like, we all have each other's backs. Like, if we see something, we yeah. call each other up. But the rest of them, like, we got to just, I don't know. They're new to town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting because when we had the, um, I think I've talked about it before, but we had the recession back in the early 2000s. All my neighbors moved out, so we got all new neighbors. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, we had to kind of get along with certain ones. And, you know, the one guy I was really cool with, like, he was into boxing. He trained at one of the gyms I did. Oh, no. He turned out to be the biggest douchebag. Like, uh, he was yes. the one calling the humane society my dogs and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, this neighbor next to me, she's, like, a single mom. And yeah. uh, her daughter, it was just her and her daughter. So she was, like, she would text me, like, hey, did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> and something happened. She's like, Anthony! <laughs> like go that, what's going Down on the street. but it's like you know yeah it's yeah. like you kind of it should be like that where yeah. it's yeah we don't have to be best fucking friends but if something's up you should kind of look out for your neighbor it's you kind of weird yeah like i feel like back in the day we kind of had this like whole like unspoken neighborhood watch yeah like i'd yeah. be out on the exactly. balcony like uh-huh. oh who's this individual <laughs> on the street <laughs> your scanner <laughs> your margarita your police scanner your little I dog like, <laughs> yeah like la sheriff's department i see odd behavior they're like why are you calling us ma'am again <laughs> go home <laughs> that, like, bird, home. that bird's been flying <laughs> back and forth all day <laughs> might be a drone i have this skit i want to do i'm probably gonna do it today it's um like millennials it's so funny because i was talking to cc yeah and i was just like ex- talking about how fucking rude some of these kids are these days and she's like no it's not that it's just because um they're spent all their time on the internet yeah so they don't know how to socialize and i was like oh shit well, you, yeah. you know okay so Tell me how you feel about this. Like, I've always had an issue with the whole concept of being labeled as a millennial. Like, I feel like our age group is in this weird subcategory. Yeah, because we're millennials, right? We're millennials. I never say yeah. yeah, Yeah, but you we're feel weird saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, it's kind of a weird concept because we're the group that, like, was raised on dial-up internet, AOL, mm-hmm. AIM. Yeah. You know, that whole spiel and MySpace, Facebook. We, I mean, we saw that whole progression, but we were still that generation that... You had to call up your buddy's like yeah. home landline yeah. and say, Hey, Mr. Jones, can I please speak to little Bobby? Yeah. Uh-huh. No, he hasn't done his homework yet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> call uh, when later. I called a girl, I had to speak to their father or their yeah. their mother and be like, Hi, my name's Anthony. I'm from school is you know, what's and then what's you're here? listed as the do not pick up these calls. Yeah. Well I yeah. would always yeah. then I kind of learned and I was I explained this before too, but as being yeah. like the brown kid in my group of friends or like a group of friends, yeah. I always had to be very polite and I felt like to get rid of that persona like I was some thug or something. Yeah. So I was like, oh, is it okay if I please use your restaurant? And everyone's parents love me because of that. You yeah, know, very respectful. Pl- yeah, and I'm like, you don't have to fucking sit there and have deep conversations, but hey, Howard, thank you for letting me in your home. May I use your restroom? Yeah. Oh, you know, some kids fucking today, it's so weird because they don't have those social skills. So. They don't know how to pick up a phone. Yeah. And like actually have a conversation. Yeah, and my, yeah. my friends that are younger too, like, one of one of my friends, she's awesome. Yeah. Not not her, but uh, I called her. Her friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll call. Like I'm like, I need to go over this speech with you. Can you answer your phone? <laughs> or my my goddamn little cousin, I I called her. She ignores my call, and, and then she texts you. me. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm not a texter. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was starting to rub down. Like it's rubbing off on me a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm. Be- I don't know if it's the antisocialness in me, but yeah. now I'm just like, just text it. Just text it to me. I don't yeah. want to see it. I, I don't, I don't, don't like to sit on my yeah. phone for too long. Yeah. You know? So if it's like, uh, hey, what's going on? We can catch up or I have to tell you something. Instead yeah. of sitting here being descriptive, I'm like, just answer your phone. Yeah. Let me explain it to you real quick and then we could be done. And I don't have to sit there for two hours and... Try to decipher Yeah, what try to decipher. To or if you're having a serious conversation, like, 
people's moods. What do you mean, be right back? <laughs> 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 Bitch. <laughs> like, I gotta go take a shit, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just no. like, it's, sometimes you can't yeah. pick up people's emotions, especially for me. Yeah. People get very upset with me during texts, messages, all that. Cons- and I'm like, because I have a very, like a lot of times I'll say something smart-assy and then I'm laughing about it. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, oh my God, relax. I meant it like this. And then you, you know? say relax. And then I say relax. And then it escalates the whole, the whole thing. And it's never, just like. Men out there never uh, tell a woman to relax. Yeah, or calm down. Worst thing you could ever do. I'm Relax so or calm sorry. down. And a lot of yeah. times I'll say it to piss them off. Way to go. <laughs> Relax. I think you've done that to me a few times. Yeah, I definitely have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Relax. I meant this. Like <laughs> That's like probably like, well, it's up there. It's like my list of like top five words to not say to me. Any Anytime yeah. you're having a, with any woman. Sweetheart, yeah. honey. Honey? Uh, you don't like honey? I hate with A oh lot of people God. get, um, what is it called? Uh what's the word like when you say it and i sort of like hey hun like hun it's just like demeaning i don't know it's like i feel like either you're being sarcastic condescending condescending there There you go that's what i was trying to think it's very condescending sometimes yeah yeah hey hun next time you want to make a mistake like go ahead and don't do that like it's very yeah it could be like that but i do love when a good southern woman says it to you oh honey i'm just like i'm your child (laughs) (laughs) feed me and take me home (laughs) i mean it's all in the context but generally speaking if somebody's using that this day and age yeah. in Southern California. That's what I'm saying. Southern nicest, California. If yeah. you're in Texas, yeah. it's very welcoming and very yeah. sweet. But here they're making an effort to say those kind of words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, um, this one girl I was dating, she worked at a, a coffee shop. And the yeah. girl used to say that to everybody. And they, they, everybody told her, like, stop saying that to customers. Some customers yeah. don't like that. So, you know, it's fine. Like, she didn't really get oh, that. Yeah. But it's, it's very condescending, especially someone older than you. Hey, hon. You know? Oh, I get that sometimes at work. Not hun, but like miss, young lady, young girl. Yeah. If I'm out here and I'm doing the same work you're doing, we both pass the bar, we're both working. Yeah. I don't care if you're 65 and a male. You should not be saying miss or young girl. Yeah. That's like me calling a young boy. Like really? Yeah. Or like, old what? man? You're making like, an effort to be to somehow. Yeah, it, yeah. I, it's not cool. Yeah. At least I know how to use Zoom on my depositions that are video conference now mm-hmm. versus you. So mm-hmm. Maybe calm down a little bit. Yeah, and people don't need to be. Um, and I mean, there's a, obviously there's a fine line. If someone's like, "Don't call me that." Like, yeah. I'm an equal. Like, yeah, you're not even saying that. You're just saying like, "Yeah, don't be a douche and go yeah. out of your way to fucking," you know. Just call me Miss. It's yeah, fine. Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever, but yeah. Um, and then the lawyer you got me when I was doing all my probate stuff, Lev. Oh yeah. He fucking loves me. I get along with him so well. <laughs> he's like, he's he's like, ah, yeah, I used to be a Jewish comic. They called me uh, like he's, he just gets along with me. So he was like, wants to fight. He's always talking about it and stuff like training. Every lawyer <laughs> I've met, like every other lawyer, I should say, secretly wanted to be a fighter. It was the weirdest thing really? ever. So, There's yeah. a lot of them. That's crazy. That's like sort of how rock stars always want to be stand-up comics and stand-up comics always no want to be rock stars. No lawyer wants to be a lawyer. Like, they're always like, yeah, I wish I was a fighter man or I mm. wish I was a rock rock star. Like stepbrothers, <laughs> I wish I was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's like, I used to walk with my arms in and... <laughs> That's how I feel. Oh, man, fighting. I forgot about that. I used to have, like, I have really short arms or mm-hmm. at least I feel like I do, so I felt like I was T-Rex fighting all the time. Mm. Like, no reach whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times, yeah. good times. Yeah. What was... uh? For someone that's gonna thinking about getting into Muay Thai, yeah, and that uh, I'm trying to sell my business because it's COVID and times are hard. Yeah, what would you say is a positive of training with me? Shameless self promotion. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. uh, I will say you are super skillful. I think as a coach, I mean you're a great fighter, mm-hmm. but I think you excel as a coach. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's definitely your calling. It's you're really committed. And I think you take the steps that are appropriate. Like there's a lot of trainers out there that just do it to give you like a workout. Whereas with you, your whole purpose was, and I think a lot of your frustration sometimes too with certain people uh, like me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was basically you were always trying to teach the proper skills. Like when it comes to technique, I think that was what your focus always, always was and has been. Get the technique down. The rest will come later. Yeah. You know, the speed, mm-hmm. the strength, the power. But you always hone down the skill of technique learning the art, learning the craft of Muay Thai, and then the rest will develop. And you're really good, I think, at spotting out people's weaknesses as well as what their strengths are. Like, play off your strengths, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, for me, balance was not one of them, Mm -hmm. but strength was, and you knew that. So, for me, when you would train me, I mean, you pointed that out pretty quickly on and developed the other skills were quicker to reaction, quicker to, you know building up on different movements or combinations to kind of distract my opponent and then hit them hard the mm-hmm. way I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in a way that actually worked instead of just coming up with 80 like straight punches. Yeah. <laughs> in the no, first it's, it's good. Yeah. Cause we, we haven't trained yeah. together in a while. Yeah. Uh, but one of my students who I'm actually going to train with shortly after this, um, Yesterday, I was telling him the same thing. I was like, don't yeah. worry about your path. Because like, you want me to hit hard then. I was like, no. I was like, don't worry about that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, the opposite. Do it correctly. Yeah. That's what I want you to do is do yeah. it correctly. Because the speed will come. And then the speed will come. Then the power will come. Yeah. Like, it'll make sense. But you have to do it right. Yeah. And the way I learned was I learned everything wrong. Yeah. And I had to go back from the beginning. And, and yeah. take out the bad habits. Yeah. And that's sucks. way harder. Yeah. yeah, way, yeah. Most people like, have never done anything. I'm like, that's why you should do that's it. That's better. Yeah. Better. You have yeah. a clean slate. There's yeah. no bad habits to get rid of. There's no this. There's no that. You know? And um, I remember one of my fights. I was in the corner. And uh, us fighting this Armenian cat. And he's fucking nailing with these right hands. I've never been hit that hard. Like ever. We hit hard. I'm yeah. sorry. And uh, <laughs> I was getting hit. And then my coach, he's like, throw your left kick. And <laughs> I had never thrown a left kick in sparring, in training, nothing. I just looked at him like, what are you doing now? You want? That just reminded me of uh, actually our, my last fight. Remember when Sigson came to town and he decided yeah. like, I've never trained you or coached you before other than at like a few camps, but I'm going to coach you for today's fight and yeah. I know nothing about your style and you're just like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I shattered my toe. Yeah. Uh, nothing but love for you, Sigson. <laughs> yeah, that was that was hilarious because it was me and Big Mike, and I was just kind of. But I would just shout. I was like, I know you know what I'm going to say, you know. Or I'd be looking I'd out like, in the corner, like, "Yo, where are you yeah, at?" Yeah, I'm like, just do this. Like, they're going to say all this crazy stuff, but just just do this. Like, yeah, you know. And we were already ready for that fight too, which yeah. you won. That was a good fight. She was tough too. Yeah, she was. Yeah, so that was yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Anki. Thank you. For uh, we'll me. repost the info on the stuff you could do to help support Armenia. I will send that out. And if you. Um, Get caught um, peeing in public or exposing yourself. Anki handles those cases me, man. pro Don't bono. Call me. And she'll give you a great discount. No, no, Third no, time no, is no. free. So, <laughs> Third time you're in jail for life, then. <laughs> Take care, guys. Stay safe. Peace. Bye.